hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. It's time for the Current Caddy Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With Current County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide and our KNZR expert, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group. That's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. Or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And again, Good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing awesome. It is the first Saturday with the kid back in school. So I got to sleep in. (laughs) (laughs) No rushing around to try to get stuff done in preparation for, right? Yeah, whatever's coming up. Oh my gosh, let's take the last vacation before, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, all week it's been... Around the house, kind of like, you know what? This is all right. No kids bouncing off the walls like, what are we going to do on board? Right. but You're back in school. I, I was going to say, but but have you already heard the, oh, I hate school. <laughs> That's never stopped. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I as a kid, I used to love school for like the first couple of weeks. And then it was like. Uh, it's like real work we gotta do i like the friends part and the recess part but all the other mm -mm. stuff Mm, not so much huh (laughs) not much so (laughs) so how's your weekend going so far oh you know it's been fantastic and of course it's far from over but really no complaints here Mm, you sure about that well yeah i mean (laughs) you know even though my weekends are generally filled with work i really don't mind it um, as I've said for years, when you love what you do and you're passionate about your work, you really don't mind doing whatever uh, duty calls for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after we wrap up today's show, I'm going to meet with a couple of my sellers to get their homes ready to list this coming week. And then this evening, ooh, it's date night. Ooh. I'm uh, planning on uh, grabbing a bite to eat with my husband, um, but still trying to decide where to go maybe Sorella's or Casey Steakhouse both have some of the best steaks in town mm-hmm. uh, aside from of course my husband's Traeger grill right <laughs> he makes I think the absolute best um you got any big plans for after the show well you just gave me a couple ideas so <laughs> <laughs> we might be barbecuing or we might be going man that's a tough choice though Sorella's or Casey Steakhouse I know tough choice either it way oh yeah so 
might be going out now, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe I'll see you there. Sounds good. And I do see we have a guest on the roster today. Who are you speaking with and what's the topic? Well, our guest this morning is Caitlin Weisenberger. She is the regional vice president for Central California at Kings Barn Real Estate Capital. So we're going to talk to Caitlin all about Delaware Statutory Trusts and 1031 Exchanges. But before we start that interview, I have a real estate news update for everyone. Hmm. So if you know me at all, you know that I've been in the business for over 39 years. And yes, I started when I was 10. (laughs) Um, So that means I was obviously around during the crash of 2008. Now, not to toot my own horn, but... I sold a ton of foreclosures during the crash, and I'm talking thousands. So I would consider myself something of an expert on foreclosures, and I know many of our listeners feel the same way. You guys are always asking me, so Lori, when will the market crash? When will we see a ton of foreclosures hit the market? Lori, Lori, when am I going to be able to buy a beautiful home in a great area of town for under $200,000 again? So that last question, I'm going to answer it for each and every one of you right now. It isn't happening ever again. Okay? Sorry, guys. Um, but let's, let's go back and let's talk about foreclosures. Because I know some of you have been all over the Internet. You've been looking at data. And you're seeing some stuff that probably has you a little concerned. I mean, Adelaide, I know you and I were talking a little bit earlier um according to real estate data analytics firm adam data solutions the number of foreclosure starts is up 219 percent since the start of the year and also the number of properties that had foreclosure filings is up 153 percent from the same time last year so that is a huge jump but I don't want you to get scared. No, wait a second, Lori. I got to stop you. Those figures sound pretty scary. I mean, what exactly does this uptick in foreclosures mean for the housing market? Well, okay. As I was trying to say, don't get scared. And and really, I mean it. You don't need to worry. And and here's why: foreclosures are shooting up because the various foreclosure moratoriums that kept people in their homes during the worst of the pandemic's economic disruptions, they've now ended, right? So that being said, they're shooting up from extremely low levels. So even after this sharp increase in foreclosures, because I have to admit, 219%, 153%, yeah, those sound huge, right? Mm. But even after this sharp increase in foreclosure activity, that was observed in the first half of 2022, we're still not back to 2019's low pre-pandemic mid-year total. Hmm. So we still, so we still do not have as many foreclosures on the market as we did in 2019 prior to the pandemic, right? Absolutely, that's correct. So the number of foreclosures on the market is still really low. It's below pre-foreclosure levels. I mean, I'm sorry, it's below pre-pandemic levels. See, you got me talking all about (laughs) foreclosures now, and I can't even talk straight. Here's what I want our listeners to keep in mind. Much of the overall foreclosure activity that we're seeing right now 
is on loans that were either already in foreclosure or were more than 120 days delinquent prior to the pandemic. So these moratoriums that were put in place once COVID hit, honestly, they were just pausing the inevitable. Mm, So were these loans already in jeopardy back in 2019? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. These loans were being protected by the foreclosure moratorium that was put in place by the government during the pandemic, okay? These weren't loans that became in jeopardy because of the pandemic, okay? If we look at a recent quote from Greg McBride, who's the chief financial analyst at Bankrate, he said, quote, foreclosure activity is returning to normal levels after being artificially depressed by pandemic-induced payment relief programs and extended foreclosure moratoriums. In a historical context, foreclosures are still very low. Hmm. So what does this mean for buyers? Will these new foreclosures hitting the market be an opportunity for them to score a deal? Well, it depends on what you consider a deal. I mean, these banks are looking to make money right? Mm. They want properties to sell for top dollar. And sometimes that means they're fixing the homes up prior to listing them. They have learned that, gosh, if we invest fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, our return can be fifty. Mm. And, you know, as long as they are getting more than their investment for a substantial return that makes financial sense to them, it makes sense to them to complete those repairs. So that uptick in foreclosures means this for buyers. For buyers that have been frustrated by the lack of inventory, the increase in foreclosures could actually bring additional options for them. Hmm. But we are going to need to see many, many, many more months of these increases before home shoppers or buyers start feeling like they have an abundance of homes to choose from. Even though our inventory here locally has more than doubled over the past few months, there's still not a whole heck of a lot to choose from because we're still absorbing our inventory on a fairly consistent basis. Same as before the interest rates started rising. Does all that make a little sense, Adelaide? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, to sum it all up, foreclosures are on the rise. And, I don't know, I think we all knew that was inevitable because, essentially, they'd been put on hold for years. However, <laughs> the sky is not falling, Chicken Little. <laughs> the sky is not falling. All right, well, that does make sense. It helps me feel more at ease, and I'm really glad as an expert, particularly in this niche, you don't feel like the sky is falling, and that's very reassuring. Good. Thank you. Hey, I think it's almost time to introduce our guest, but before we do, why don't we take a short break? Sound like a plan? Yes, it does. My brain hurts a little bit. Oh, I hate it when I do that to you. (laughs) All right, so stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com.
Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. We're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, um, can you answer this question we recently received on social media? Sure. Yeah, okay. The person wrote in saying they want to sell their home and get out of California. Who can blame them? (laughs) But they're not sure (laughs) how to find someone as knowledgeable and experienced as you in the place they want to move to. Is that something that you can help them with? I mean, would you be willing to help them buy a place wherever they're moving to? Oh, gosh, Adelaide. You know, that's a great question and one that we hear an awful lot. Um, My advice to these fed-up Californians is to give our office a call because we can absolutely help them. Awesome. And can you help them buy in their new destination? Well, sort of. Let me explain. So currently, we're only licensed in the state of California And I strongly believe in utilizing a realtor who is extremely knowledgeable in the area where you're purchasing. So physically, no, we wouldn't be able to help them in that way. But we have something that we think is better. Mm. You know, I spend a great deal of time networking with top agents across the country and across the state of California for that matter. So there are agents like myself who have achieved a high level of proficiency and a high level of recognition for the work that they do in their communities, ones that are dedicated, that are knowledgeable, and that put the interest of their client above all else. And so as a result, we're delighted to connect our clients here with those top agents wherever it is that they're moving to. Okay, great. Now, are all those Coldwell Banker agents? Oh, no. Oh. You see, I learned a long time ago that companies don't sell homes, agents do. Mm. So I refer our clients to the best agent in the area, regardless of the company they work for. I want them to have the same five-star service that they would have if they were working with the McCarty Group. And the best part of all is our staff coordinates the closing between your home here and the one in your new location, and they monitor the timelines so that the process is as smooth and as seamless as possible while we keep you informed the entire way. You know, at the McCarty Group, we want to do all that heavy lifting for you so that you can be excited and enjoy the new phase of your journey. Hmm. So if that's your goal, give us a call. 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And let us help you begin that transition out of Kern County. All right. Well, what a fantastic way to help your clients and bring value to them. Thanks so much, Adelaide. You know, that's always our goal when we're working with people. Now, I feel like we have kept her waiting forever, Adelaide. So without further ado, I am honored and privileged, thrilled and excited to introduce our guest today, Caitlin Weisenberger. She is the Regional Vice President for Central California at Kings Barn Real Estate Capital. So good morning, Caitlin. How are you doing? 
Good morning, Lori. I am doing just well. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am doing great. I'm doing my favorite thing, which is talking about real estate with knowledgeable, informed people like yourself. Um, ah. <laughs> help our audience get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. So as you mentioned, I am the regional VP for Central California, um, as well as Inland Empire and the Central Coast. Wow. <laughs> Barn Real Estate Capital. Yeah, it's, it's quite a mouthful. So we'll just go with Central California. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm actually a uh, Valley native. Great. Central Valley, that is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm based out of Fresno. And um, I have been in the real estate world in various capacities for going on seven, seven, eight years now. Time flies when you're having fun, right? It does. <laughs> That's how so I've been able I, to do 39 years doing this job. So, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I know. When, it, when it's fun, when you're helping people, it, it flies by. I'm like, what is today? Um, but that said, I, I actually have my J.D., uh, from a local law school in right. Clovis, California. Um, I originally went into real estate in a in a real estate litigation capacity, um, realized that I liked being on the other side of the table, mm-hmm. <laughs> helping people make money. So I, um, I flipped over to the real estate uh, realtor and then now commercial brokerage side of things and um, really, really enjoying it. And I'm going to tell you all about it today. Perfect. So tell us about Kings Barn Real Estate Capital. What do you do there? So Kings Barn Real Estate Capital is, um, we're a full service brokerage. Um, We're also involved in development and construction. We have a private equity side. um, And then we also, what we'll primarily be speaking about today is utilizing our Delaware Statutory Trust. Uh, for 1031 exchange investors as well as direct investors. Mm-hmm. Um, Kings Barn has been around for, oh, our DSTs actually started in, in 2011, was one of the first programs, but um, the company prior to that we've got about 100 years of experience in the real estate world. Um, our CEO, Jeff Corey, started off in development and we've done some tenant and commons and syndications prior to some of these DSTs rolling out. So um, actually been around for quite a long time and um, we've helped, we have well over a thousand investors currently. Um, we have done over 2 billion in uh, acquisitions and currently have a billion dollars in managed assets um, that we hold and that's growing. Um, so we are a, a one-stop shop, if you will. <laughs> That's exciting. So just a little heads up, we don't allow uh, acronyms here. So when we say DST, we understand yes. that Delaware Statutory Trust is a mouthful. So yes. we'll repeat it a few times, and then we'll allow you to say DST, okay? Um, Wonderful, yes. But, I, I forget in my world, I have tons and tons and tons of acronyms. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but let's start by telling our listeners, what is a Delaware Statutory Trust? Sure. So I think one of the easiest ways to digest this is a Delaware Statutory Trust is similar to a regular, like, revocable living trust, right? Many of the listeners are probably familiar with that. You have, you create a trust for tax purposes and estate purposes. And 
you have a trustee um, who's watching over um, the assets that you're going to place in the trust, mm-hmm. and then you have your beneficiaries who are the designated, you know, they, they carry on the beneficial interest um, in the assets, right? right? So a Delaware statutory trust is essentially the same thing. You have an asset, which would be real property in this instance. It may be a building or multiple buildings, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll have a managing trustee that creates this trust and then manages on behalf of the beneficiaries. And the beneficiaries are your beneficial investors who claim a fractional portion of the asset. Okay, perfect. Um, so tell us how they operate. Sure. So essentially what happens, and I'll speak it on behalf of Kings Barn and the way that we structure them, um, which is the gist for most Delaware statutory trusts, is you acquire a property. So the sponsor, in this case being Kings Barn, will go out and acquire a property or maybe a portfolio of properties. And they will then... Uh, go through, they will close on the property, they will put up any upfront capital, they will put any financing, um, they obtain the financing, um, they are the um, guarantor on all the loan carve-outs, etc. Mm-hmm. And then they will utilize their, um, well, our tax and legal specialists, and we will put it together in the actual formation, so we will file everything that's necessary mm-hmm. um, to be considered a Delaware statutory trust for that trust formation. Mm-hmm. And then what we do, um, we manage any leasing, we put reserves on the property, and then we bring that out and offer it to investors on a fractional basis. Meaning, if you come in with, you say, you know what, I love that big $25 million Delaware statutory trust that Kingsburn has. Um, I have a million dollars, and I would like to be a part of that. You can place your million dollars as a fractional owner in the property. And then Kings Barn then manages every aspect um, professionally on the property for you, and you receive your income monthly um, along with the benefits of holding real estate, like depreciation and such. That's perfect. So if I understand it correctly, in that scenario, property is valued at $25 million. Would I roughly, and I have invested a million, the return on my investment would be roughly one twenty-fifth as my fractional investment, less costs and fees. Is that right? Yep. Yep. If you want to do, yep. If you want to run it off of, that's a very simple but basic way to understand this. Okay. Right. And I know, you know, as much as I would love to simplify everything (laughs) (laughs) to just that way, um, it's not that way. Um, But that's okay. Um, Just so that that everyone out there can get a, who might not be familiar with this concept, can get a generalized idea of how this operates. Okay. Sure. Um, So how long does someone typically hold? Uh, a DST. So a DST sounds um, a little scary or maybe um, abnormal, but it really is like vetting real property. Mm-hmm. So the hold times can vary depending on the asset class. Right. Now, the beauty of the DSTs is that you could come out of multifamily or a multi-tenant office or single-family residential, right, and go into any asset class. 
So to answer that question, it really depends on what properties are available. Mm-hmm. I would say the general hold period, because they are larger um, buildings, right? You're dealing with, you know, $25 million and above generally. Right. Um, your hold period is going to be anywhere from strategy-wise five to seven years. Okay. Um, and that can really depend, like I said, on the asset class. Okay. So um, you can kind of you can get in the weeds here, but for simplicity's sake... Call it five to seven years is a, is a good market hold. Um, but again, as the trustee, one of the beauties of the DST, right, is that we are watching the market to make sure that you're getting the absolute best exit possible. Okay. So we say five to seven, but if you've got a, a wonderful investor that's top dollar and all cash that comes in in year four, you could see a sale there. Mm-hmm. Um or you may see it's a, for instance, I have a, a larger single tenant uh, triple net lease portfolio with two properties in it, and it's in the retail sector. That, with 18 years remaining lease term for people, market-wise, you're probably not going to hold on to that for seven, eight years, right? right. You're probably going to look at a shorter period. Okay. Hopefully that helps shed some light on that whole period. Absolutely. And um, while we're talking about this, because I may not have connected the dots for our listeners well enough, um, explain the benefits of investing in replacement property interests using a Delaware statutory statutory trust. Can't talk this morning. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. So I will try not to be too verbose, but I think it would be important for the listeners to understand that the DST, one of the largest perks is utilizing it as replacement property via the 1031 exchange. For those who aren't familiar with... Who are not aware... Yeah, I was going to say, let me interrupt you for just a second, Caitlin. Go for it. For those who aren't familiar with the 1031 exchange, let's start there. Okay. So... A 1031 exchange is a wonderful, wonderful vehicle for um, those who hold investment property. Essentially, you can defer uh, capital gains by reinvesting your proceeds, right? Right. And that's going to include both the gains on the property as well as if you've got any remaining debt on those properties, right? You've got Mm -hmm. to reinvest the total, which we can go over later in more depth. But you can reinvest in what the IRS says is like-kind property. Okay. So the wonderful thing about the DST is that the DST satisfies in the IRS code like-kind property. And that is the beauty of it, right? Mm -hmm. It is. It is because it allows you the opportunity to invest in and diversify your portfolios. You you may come out of single-family residential, and you may now be able to get into an industrial property that has Amazon and REI in it, Mm -hmm. um, where you may have been, you know, you may have been boxed out of that market um, just due to the nature of your asset class prior. Perfect. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, Because to me, what I love about this concept is, 
you know, I have been an investment property owner almost since the day I got into real estate. Um, I know I didn't buy my first investment property immediately, but it sure feels like it looking back. (laughs) But as the years have gone by, I have some amazing tenants. But I also have had over the years some tenants that are not quite so amazing. And there comes a point, I think, in every investor's life where if they are investors in single-family units or even in complexes, you know, in multifamily units, et cetera, that, that they say, I- I'm done, I'm tired. Um, I, I don't really want the hassles of property management anymore. Um, and yet, I don't really want to pay capital gains when I sell these properties. To me, that is the beauty of using a Delaware statutory statuary trust. Yes, it's it's one of the biggest perks. So when you, I, I like to refer to this as my clients as the three T's. When you've kind of come to the end of your rope, if you will, and you don't want to deal with the tenants, taxes, and toilets anymore, (laughs) the DSD starts to become extremely attractive. Absolutely. Amen. Let me tell you. Um. (laughs) And and not that we don't love our tenants, right? I have my own properties. You do. But um, there comes a time in our life where I was just speaking with a client. She said, you know, Caitlin, I just want to spend some time with my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh darn it, I don't want to pay Uncle Sam any more than I need to. Absolutely. So so tell us, are there any risks of investing in a DST? Of course. And I say that lightheartedly because if you are in real estate, you already know what those risks are. Right. Uh, nothing is, is guaranteed in real estate, right? right. However... We tend to gravitate towards real property, which the DST is indeed real property. We gravitate towards real property because there's it's a tangible asset, right? Right. There's there's a greater likelihood that you are not going to lose all value in a property. You may have to hold it a little longer or wait for some you know market cycles mm-hmm. to pass, but. Right there's a, a greater likelihood that you're going to maintain the value of that asset, right? Right. And so the same is true of the DST. The DST is, there's no 100% guarantee, right, in a DST. However, it still holds the beauty of real property. Right. You still have a tangible asset where you can go and physically look at the the property itself. You can see the land, touch the dirt, touch the windows. <laughs> and, of course, you can see the, the leases and the, and the operating income that's coming off of it. So I think the risk is the same as looking at a single-family residential, if you will. It's just making sure that you're vetting the right market with the right tenants and the right property. Fantastic. Caitlin, I think this was an excellent introduction. And I think this is probably a good place for us to take a short break. But before we do, tell everyone how we can reach you. You can reach me by cell phone is the easiest way. My number is 559-916-9035. And my email is get ready. (laughs) It's a long one, huh? (laughs) Yes, it's it's a little bit long, everybody. My last name is long, but you won't forget it. 
is in kangaroo, Weisenberger, W-E-I-S-E-N, B as in boy, E-R-G-E-R, at kingsbarnca.com. Whew, that is a long one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. So when we get back, I have lots more questions for Caitlin about this fascinating and, I think, very beneficial investment strategy. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Caitlin Weisenberger, Regional Vice President for Central California and Kingsbarn Real Estate Capital. And before the break, Lori was asking you a few questions about the Delaware Statutory Trusts. This might be a silly question, but... Why Delaware exactly, and why not another state? (laughs) Well, if any of you love the legal side of things, you will notice that many of our tax-exempt structures are formed in Delaware. And that is because Delaware tends to be a uh, business uh, pro-state, if you will. So a lot Mm -hmm. of their law is um, beneficial for us on the business side. Um, So it's really just by name, um, and it came about actually back when they actually started um, utilizing the statutory trust, came out of a Delaware case 
Um, and so it's really name and nature, if you will. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, here we are in California. Um, can just anyone invest in a Delaware statutory trust? Or do we have to move to Delaware? <laughs> well, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> so, no, you don't have to move to Delaware. Um, so what you do need to be to invest in a Delaware statutory trust is what we call an accredited investor. And what that means, it's very specific in its, its definition. Essentially, it means you need to have a million dollars in net worth excluding your primary residence. Okay. which can be achieved in multiple ways. You can utilize, um, you know, the appraised value of properties that you hold. Um, you can use closing settlement statements off of the sale you've just made, retirement accounts, etc. cetera. Um, or if you do not meet the million dollars in net worth standard, you can also utilize, there are two other subsections, you either have to do 200 in income individually or 300000 uh, with a spouse or partner for the past two years uh, with reasonable belief that it will happen in the third. <laughs> now, is that income from property or just overall income, gross income? Over Overall income. It can be, yep, it can be rental income. It can be, you know, W-2 income, however you meet that threshold. It can be a combination of the two. Okay. Um and the properties that are available for investing uh, into for the fractional ownership, um, where are those located, Caitlin? So for Kingsburn, we're located in about 26 different states currently. Um, DSTs as a whole can be all over the United States. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for Kingsburn, we're in 26 different states currently. Okay, including some in California? That is correct. All yes. right. Perfect. So if we wanted to invest in our home state, we could. Or if we said, ah, we really like this project that you're doing halfway across the country, we could ask you to put our funds towards that fractional investment if there was an opening, correct? Absolutely. And you can actually even go a step further and diversify into multiple properties. So you may want a fractional portion in the California property, and you may want a fractional interest in New York and Texas. Um, So that you're not, there's really a lot of customization that you can do that's unique to your investment uh, goals. Fantastic. So I have to ask, um, those standards for investing are those across all DSTs, or is that just with Kings Barn? That is. That is, and the, and the reason that the accredited investor comes up is because these fall, there are two different ways to sponsor DSTs. There's what's called the broker-dealer world, where mm-hmm. these will qualify as, as a security, as regulated by the SEC, and then there is also a sponsorship exemption in California, particularly, um, where it does not necessarily fall under the purview of the SEC. However, they can be audited as such. And so that's where the accredited investor um, uh, regulation comes in. And I, I'm imagining that they assume if you either have that income or you have that net worth exclusive of your primary residence, then 
you understand uh, the inner workings of this type of an offering, or you have the wherewithal to perhaps risk and possibly lose. Correct. Okay. Yep, it's all for the protection of the investor, which is always something I like to hone in on is making sure that everyone's aware of, of how this structure works, what the risks are, um, and what the benefits are. Absolutely. So is there a minimum investment amount per replacement property interest offering? You will see with various sponsors, um, it, it can vary. A lot of them have $100,000 minimums and above. Um, that being said, I have done deals for um, investors and brokers alike who maybe have what we call boot in a transaction. Uh-huh. Um, so they have some leftover funds, right, that they don't want to pay gains on, and those may be under 100000 So I don't have a hard minimum, if you will. I placed about 89000 for somebody the other day. Um, although I will say when you're lower there, you just want to make sure that everyone's on board with tax ramifications and, you know, what does it look like if you pay gains? What does it look like if you reinvest this? I just like to hone in on that. Absolutely. And and then on the other side of that coin, is there a maximum that you can invest? So not a maximum in that, let's say you come out with, um, I did a, a portfolio for someone who had about $20 million. Okay. That is not a problem. You can diversify that in any way possible. The only little niche thing I'll mention is if you're over a certain percentage in a particular DST, there's an additional layer of credit check that has to be run if you're over a, a 50% holder in a single DST entity. Okay. Um, because, again, they want to make sure that because those investors are replacing King's Barnes money, right? Correct. The yep. investment. That's a good way to. Mm-hmm. And we just want to make sure that that's secure for the other remaining investors, right? Correct. Correct. We want to make sure that the money that's being placed in there and the investors are, are what they say they are, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about selling these Delaware statutory trusts. What happens when, when a DST is sold? So the beauty of the DST is it will act very similar to selling a traditional property. So we will go through, generally, I'd say probably 95% of our, well, no, maybe 100% of our offerings currently. When they go what we deem full cycle, they're sold to an off-market investor, but you go through the same escrow process as you would on a traditional property. Hmm. And when that happens, the investor, let's say we've affected the entire sale, right? Right. The investor then has the option, just like they would in a traditional property, they can cash out. Don't do that with inflation. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, They can choose to um, 1031 into another traditional property. They say, I want to go back into multifamily or, or what have you. You can utilize the 1031 to do so. Or, as I'd say probably 90% of our investors do, they 1031 into the next available DST. Okay, great. Um, so, okay, this might, this might be a little bit morbid, but, but I have to ask. Um, in the event one of the investors passes away, what happens to their Delaware Statutory Trust investment? 
so hopefully they've lived a wonderful and full life. And a wonderful perk of the DST, again, is that the heirs will then receive the same treatment um, as the initial investment. So they will get a step-up in cost basis determined at the time of um, of the um, original investor's demise, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then they will have the option to hold that property um, and then 1031 cash out at the end of its life um, or continue on into the next DST. So it's a wonderful, wonderful estate planning tool because from the very beginning when you invest, again, it's a trust. Right. stands for Delaware Statutory Trust. So when you initially invest, Kingsbarn's closing team actually will take um, who the successor trustees will be for that trust. Mm-hmm. So there really is a lot of ease on the back end um, should there be a passing. Okay. That's fantastic. I, I love the fact that um, it really can take the place of a a replacement property, if you will, in mm-hmm. a 1031 exchange. Um, that That's fantastic to me. It really is. Um, so, Adelaide, what questions do you have? I, I see you over there with wide eyes going, I, oh, my gosh. It's Yeah, this is great because, <clears throat> you know, you think about your future, you think about that, and, and, and you know, having a couple of rental, rental properties, you do deal with the tenants and, we, we like some more than others, you know, it, it, you like them all as long as they're paying the rent. Um, but I'm just thinking when you, when you go into this, the DST with your investment, you're flipping something from, you know, a property from a 1031 into, into the DST. Now, now the, the, I'm thinking returns. I'm thinking, I know mm-hmm. when I got a rental property, I know this is how much rent is. I'm trying to keep my, my cost to a minimum, but things come up. I mean, is there something as an investor in a DST that I can look at? Like a like a monthly balance sheet that tells me what I'm making, or or or, or how does that work? Absolutely. So I can tell you, for our properties, Kingsburn has an average what we call uh, cash on cash return of six point two nine percent annually. Mm. Okay. That's great. It varies okay. by each property. Um, monthly, when you close in a property, you get a monthly operating report on the specific property you've closed in, right? You also receive your monthly distributions, which would be, you know, somewhere if you've got rentals, you're getting monthly rent checks, right? Okay. Um, you get one lofty distribution from King's Barn. And then at the end of the year, because remember, it acts as traditional property, so you still receive depreciation. Um, ah, okay. As well as some line items for um, accelerated depreciation, depreciable assets via what we call a cost segregation study. Um, so you'll get a tax package at the end of the year that you can, if you're doing your taxes yourself, God bless you. <laughs> or for many of us, we're sending them on to an accountant. Um, you can send that tax package on uh, to them. So you are monitoring, obviously, monthly, monthly distributions. You're getting that tax package at the end of the year. It's really kind of a hassle-free um, transaction, if you will, right? Um, note that in the very beginning, the hardest part is choosing a property. And when mm. you go to vet these particular DSTs, you're going to be looking, well, what what is my anticipated cash flow going to look like? The beauty mm-hmm. of the DST is in the underwriting, while they are projections, 
uh, knock on wood, we've always been able to to, to uh, follow along with the projections that we've given. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you are looking at all of the expected expenses that are on the property. Um, you're looking at anything that may be unexpected. We may throw in, you know, we may use, you know, three to five percent of the reserves in this. And then we'll go through the cash flow projection to show you, well, on this particular property, you're probably going to start year one at, you know, six and a quarter percent. And then it will go up each year because they generally have annual bumps in the rental income on there. So from the very time that you're vetting the property, you're getting a cash flow projection to see what you're going to make. And then obviously upon investment, you're receiving those monthly operating reports, your distributions and the tax opinion. Okay, and then let's see, going a little bit onto that, because there's a couple things I want to ask, but I'm thinking, so you deal with the tenant screening, the credit checks, the repairs, Correct. the collect and rent, basically all the all the headache day-to-day stuff that has to be done, and then I, just, I get paid at the end of the month. That's correct. So <laughs> it's, it's, it is, I know, at this point, Many of my clients are like, what's the catch? This is too good to be true. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, there's no catch. This, the beauty of these is these are already, this isn't a syndication. We're not, you know, hoping that we get these returns and grabbing your money and, and hoping that we get this property. We already own this property. We already know what the projected cash flows are going to be. We know what the, you know, the loan buy down may be. Um, so it's easy for you to vet that and see this for yourself. It, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, if you will, mm, right? So mm. you've got the numbers right in front of you. Excellent, excellent. And then the other thing I was going to inquire about was what are the hot markets that you guys are in? I mean, uh, there's going to be variations in returns, correct? And <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Because what is real estate without variables, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't want to be, you know, you can be. All right, you can be in a niche and you could say, you know what, we're only going to be a sponsor in California, but I just don't think that that would be very wise business practices. And Kings Barn, we're real estate investors, okay? Mm. So okay. We, we're we playing in the same pools as the investors um, who are coming into our products themselves. So it's spread across the board. I have um, a wonderful um, multifamily property that's out of Mississippi. I have properties that are in Pennsylvania, Nevada, uh, California, New Hampshire. Um, it just really varies, um, you know, market by market, what you're grabbing and what we're looking at and what's the best for our investors based on returns, right? Okay. Well, we really want the inside scoop is what we want, <laughs> right, Lori? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so, you know, what I loved was, was Caitlin yeah. actually sent me um, an offering. That's how I learned about uh, King's Barn Capital. Mm. Um, and it was for um, a couple of uh, student housing portfolios uh-huh. uh, near the University of Mississippi. And mm. I thought, oh, how brilliant, right? I think mm. you guys, I don't know if they're still available or not, Caitlin, but it is. Yeah. You, one was 100 units, one was 76 units. 280 beds in one, 340 beds in the other. And I thought, how brilliant. And as I started looking at uh, sort of their model and whatnot, I I really just thought, ah, we have got to get them on the show to talk about this investment (laughs) strategy. 
This is great. And the other thing I know Lori and I have talked about previously is a lot of people leaving California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, what you're seeing, California is still a great investment. It is. I, it, it is. It's, and, you know, some people love to be close to home. I find that a lot mm-hmm. of my investors, they still want to be able to go and drive by and say, you know what, I own that beautiful window uh-huh. in the <laughs> far right corner. <laughs> You know, everybody has their investment goals, like I said. So, you know, if you want to be in California and you want to be able to drive by your asset or be within, you know, a flight of it, you can Mm. do so. Absolutely. Mm. Business write off. Uh-huh. Oh, just saying. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's why we want, you know, locations Hawaii. here and there and, you know, anyway. Right. Um, so I have one last question for you, Caitlin. What type of investors should not be doing a Delaware statutory trust? So someone who does not have the stomach for any risk at all. Okay. <laughs> so like I mentioned. Um, so basically know, somebody who doesn't invest. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. If, if you're not, if, if you need a 100% guarantee, DSTs are not for you. And in fact, real estate is not for you. Just keep it in the CD in the bank. Okay. Absolutely. That is the safest um, investment, right? Yep. Uh, you know, I found, to, to be a little bit more blunt and transparent for you, I found a lot of my clients, you need to be comfortable with allowing professional management to call the shots. Right. So you mm-hmm. really need to be, com- you, you know, and that I think is really dependent on each and every investor. You could be 75 and that's not okay with you and you could be 25 and that's perfectly fine with you. So, um, you know, as long as you're okay with professional management, Mm-hmm. I think a DST is a wonderful, wonderful tool for you. And obviously, um, as long as you're an accredited investor. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's a big ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Perfect. Well, Caitlin, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be with us this morning. You have shared a wealth of information uh, about DSTs or Delaware Statutory Trusts. Uh, which I think is a topic that uh, may have been brand new to some of our listeners. Um, I don't know about you, Adelaide, but I really appreciate all of this valuable information Mm -hmm. that you provided. Mm -hmm. Um, So before you go, tell our listeners one more time how they can reach you. Of course. Please, anyone, for any reason, um, give me a call at 559-916. Nine zero three five, and that's my cell phone. I'm happy to talk you through anything you need to know. We barely skimmed the surface today, mm-hmm. so everyone's going to have questions. And then my email again. Take a breath, uncramp your hand. It's K Weisenberger W E I S E N B E R G E R at kingsbarnca.com. And we will be sure and include that on our social media so that uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you via phone or email and didn't have a pen handy, they can contact you. Again, thanks so much, Caitlin. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. You bet. And for all of you listening, heartfelt thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today and each and every week. Today, we've introduced you to... Kings Barn Real Estate Capital, and 
hopefully given you some insight into another type of real estate investment opportunity. I hope you found it informative and that we've broadened your knowledge. Be sure and tune in again next Saturday at 11 a.m. when we'll have another fun and exciting topic for you. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again then. As a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who'd benefit from today's information by tuning in to an encore presentation of the show on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. here on KNZR just before Sean Hannity. Or you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kern County Real Estate Review. Last but certainly not least, you can listen to them on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week. On missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Hi, Lori McCarty reminding you to mark your calendars for the first Saturday of each month for our open house, open mic edition of the Kern County Real Estate Review. Tune in at 11 a.m. sharp to get your exclusive backstage pass to our newest open houses hitting the market for the first time that weekend. We'll provide behind-the-scenes tips and chat with my team on location as they bring you Kern County's newest homes. We'll also take your calls and answer your questions, all while sharing the latest in real estate news with local industry experts. So don't forget, be sure to tune in the first Saturday of every month for our open house open mic edition here on KNZR.